What do you think of when you think of church? Somebody lift your hands! Could be a lot of things. Yikes. Ever wonder if it even works? I mean, a lot of people going don't seem to be growing. Is it all worth the effort? Maybe you should quit church. Well, isn't that special? Isn't that special? Uh, we are in the middle of an incredible series that we launched last week called Quit Church. And um, I can't tell you how many people have uh, reached out to me, have talked to me about last week's message. Uh, I have tons of, of meetings set up with people, sidebars with people talking about, Pastor, I don't know, that message, I felt like you were talking to me, where you, you were only looking at me. And I said, I was. I was. <laughs> I was, right? Uh, if, if, if you're visiting us this morning, I totally, truly forgot about this. If you're visiting us this morning and uh, uh, you haven't been here in a while or whatever the case may be, you are new here to Southfields, I want to say welcome to Southfields Santa Clarita. We are one, ch- one church, uh, one campus out of 10 campuses here at South Hills. Uh, we want to say welcome to you. Um, and uh, I, we, we just started this incredible series last week called Quit Church, and last week we, 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 I gave you the permission to stop doing church the way you've been doing it, right, and to just quit church, and so for those of you who are visiting us for the first time who were not here last week, I do have a disclaimer to give, okay, I do have a disclaimer to give, and it's this, um, I want to start off by saying that we uh, are a church for the unchurched. Right? We are a church for the unchurched. We work really, really hard to be the kind of place where uh, people who maybe don't believe in God, who are, who are wrestling with their faith or were wounded by religion or have tons of questions but haven't figured out a place to ask those questions, we uh, want you to come and feel welcomed and, and embrace uh and in this place, and that, if, that you have come through the doors uh, to a place where you have common ground with other people. Some of you in this room fit that category, right? And we're so glad that you're here with us, celebrating, doing life with us. And, and there's, there, there will be some benefit in this series for you. However, I want you to know that if you have just begun your, your journey with Jesus, then you're off the hook, right? You're off the hook. You don't have to feel that pressure. This, cause this message is, is, is really not about you. It's really not about you. Over the next several weeks, we're going to be talking about what it takes to, to lean in and create the kind of environment that we're striving to have here at South Hills for the unchurched and how Doing so will make your life and your relationship with God better. This series that we are going through, right, is, is for those of you who have been here for more than a few times. More than a few times. 
who have committed your lives to Christ, who, who would say, in, who would probably say that this is my church, right? And so over these next few weeks, this series is for you and about you. I'm going to single you out. Because it's for you. That's what I said. It's for you, right? And I must warn you that this series from the very, very beginning is going to kind of nudge you to grow in your walk with Jesus. So with that disclaimer, I'm going to ask you a quick question. And that is, have you ever um, gone you know, been with your family or friends, you know, and gone out of your way to help someone. And, and, and they were like, man, that is so awesome. That is so cool. Man, you don't really have to do that. You don't, you know, you know, just sit back. You're my guest. You remember, maybe, maybe it was a, it was doing the dishes. Yeah, you volunteered to do the dishes or you threw out the trash or, or maybe you helped someone fix their car. You know, they were struggling. But you went out of your way to, to help someone in their situation. There wasn't, you know, it wasn't like a matter of life or death. But you went out of your way to help someone. Now, I've done that. I've done that plenty of times. I've, I've helped people. I've, I've given a lot of time and, and, and uh, helping people carry back. You know, just the other day, I helped somebody who dropped something. I, I helped pick it up and I carried it to the car for that, for that person. Right? And she was like, oh, you don't have to. I said, no, I'll, I'll walk. I hold the door for people, all 50 of them as they come out. I'm like, I, th- I thought it was two people. Right? But I, I've done it. I've done it. At my, at my own house, however, it's a little different. You see, at my own house, I'm expected to help, to pitch in, to do my part. And when I do, no one goes out of their way to thank me. Mm-mm. No one. Not even her. You can't say anything because I didn't mention nobody's name. So, Because the attitude in the house is, this is your house too, fool. You live here. Right? You're part of this family. You got to do what you got to do. Amen. Which is maybe, maybe, uh, which maybe is part of the reason I'm not as interested in helping out at home as much as I am at other places. I can't imagine I'm the only one. Fellas, you better raise your hand quickly up in here. Because I know. Hey, I know. I know the truth. Hey, see? See? You're in church. Tell the truth. I see you. I saw the rest of you. She pinched you. I know. Church, we can get so comfortable. Here's the thing. We can get so comfortable and familiar with our family that we expect all the rewards without any responsibilities. Mm. If you're a parent, you've probably had conversations with your kids about this because you don't want them to be the people who demand rewards while ducking their responsibilities. And everybody who has a teenager in their house says amen. Yeah, see? See, I got four kids in every age bracket. 
I know. I know. The ones that duck the most are the teenager, young adults. Mm-hmm. And they expect rewards. I got a reward. I'm paying the rent. How's that? Right? And so in my house, this is exactly what we do. We make it known. Right? Ask any one of them. We want them to know that you have responsibilities to your casa. You have responsibilities to your home. Especially if you want to try to bring in your friend home. See? Try to bring your friend in my house. Your house better be clean. Right? And the reason you don't want them to be people like that, right? You don't want, to be, uh, want them to be people that are always ducking their responsibilities is because you don't like being around people like that. You don't. And yet, we all t- tend to be people like that, though. Human nature and our current culture both nudge us in the direction, uh, uh, in the direction of being too self-focused and self-involved. It's always about me. And because it's so pervasive and widespread, we take this worldview with us wherever we go, including the church. Have you ever wondered, are there any expectations to be a part of a church? Should there be? Because I kind of like some of the things I'm getting out of church, but I don't want to give a lot to get it. I got quiet here real quickly. You say things like, I want the kids program to be incredible. I want my kids to love it, but I don't want to serve up there for nothing. I love that there's hot coffee and these yummy donut holes up there when I show up in the morning. Shoot, but I don't want to be the one making it. I love that things are clean and in a place and it's orderly, uh, but I don't want to be the one cleaning it. I love that we serve the community. Woo! I love that we are out there. You know, I, I mean, I, I, just, I, I just don't want to sign up to be out there, though. That's cool for other people to do. I like how friendly people are in church. Oh, my gosh, they're so awesome. I just love it. But I don't want to be the one that has to get out of my seat and go hug somebody. I'll take a break here real quickly. If you are just started visiting us today, or if you... (laughs) I haven't said nothing. Why are we laughing already? If you are visiting us for the first time or this is, you're just trying to figure stuff out at Southwest, you just started coming, this is not for you. It's okay to have that attitude. You just started. It's okay. We'll fix you. We'll fix you. This is the, for the people that have been coming for a while. But is it still okay if you've been coming for, for a while now and, and, and you're still thinking, man, It's cool that other people are doing it. I just don't want to do it. To have that kind of perspective. Ephesians chapter 2 verse 19 says this. 
So now you Gentiles are no longer strangers and foreigners. You are citizens along with all of God's holy people. You are members of God's family. Hebrews 3, 6 says, But Christ as a son is in charge of God's entire house, and we are God's house, if we keep our courage and remain confident in our hope in Christ. In other words, the church is God's house, and we are his family. And that means that there are a lot of rewards. There are a lot of rewards, but there also are responsibilities. Responsibilities in this house. The author chose the family metaphor to clue us in what, uh, clue us into what our relationship is to our spiritual community, what it should look like. You see, God wants from us what we want from our kids because God wants for us what we want for our kids. Don't we want nothing but the best for our kids? That's what God wants for us. Don't we expect, have expectations for our kids? God has expectations for us as well. There are certain rewards only taking responsibility can produce. Parenting 101, if you give your child everything they want without giving them responsibilities, they will be a spoiled brat. I got four kids. Right? That's, that's parenting 101. And so in order to, 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 to get something, to get a reward, you're going to have to own up certain responsibilities. And in my house, each age group has certain responsibilities. Noah has some of the little things she has to do to, to, to make sure that she has her chores done. And then things get a little bigger for Sophia. And then things get a lot bigger for Madison. And then Janelle, she still she doesn't live with us, but she has responsibilities as well. Why? Because they all have expectations from mom and dad. And I want the best. I want to provide the best for my kids. But they have to do some things. Church, if we view ourselves as house guests rather than members of God's family, then we'll always assume that it's someone else's responsibility to take care of the house to serve and volunteer and to give your talents, your energy and your time. If we're so focused on somebody else should do it, then our perspective of this house of South Hills is really I'm a guest and not part of the family. Yet an all-in tradition is where we come from. The very first church looked different from the modern church today. In the book of Acts, the New Testament outlines in history of the early church where everyone served. It wasn't any one person's responsibility. It was everyone's responsibility. Everyone had a piece of the responsibility pie. Their mentality wasn't, what are you going to do for me, but what are we going to do for our community? And they believed and they behaved in this way because the disciples, the disciples, the followers of Jesus behaved and believed in this way. 
And they behaved and believed this way because they were coached by Jesus himself. Mark 10, verse 42 to 43 says, So Jesus called them together and said, You know that the rulers in this world lorded over their people, and officials flaunt their authority over, uh, over those under them. But among you, it will be different. Whoever wants to be a leader among you must be your servant. If you're a parent here this morning, you probably said something similar to your kids. Things like, it doesn't matter how other people do things. What matters is the way we do things. Right? That's not the way we do it in our family. It's who we are. It's This is what we do. This is what we stand for. Again, I do that with my kids. (laughs) Serving consistently may sound odd to you. Maybe it's not something you grew up doing or or something that uh, the people you hang out with like to do. But maybe... Maybe you don't want to be like everyone else. I, um, I've raised my kids. I, I, I totally believe you raise your kids how you're going to raise your kids. Right? And um, I raise my kids a certain way. And I, again, I have expectations from them. And um, my two little ones, uh, I have gotten reports over the last several weeks since school has started. Um, that my kids, uh, whether they've been here in Grove Group, whether they've been helping in the preschool here or helping at school, they say that my kids are the epitome of having a servant's heart. They're always looking to serve, always looking to help someone. And it's not a pat on my shoulder, but it's something that I, we've, we've worked hard to instill it's, we work hard to instill in our kids that you have to have a heart to serve. You have to have a heart to serve in your house. You have to have a heart to serve in the church. You have to have a heart to serve in the community. You cannot go with the flow of the world because it's going to contradict everything that Jesus is trying to do. And so maybe the people that you surround yourself, their self-absorbed practices are making them self-absorbed people. And here's the thing, church. If you want to be different, you are going to need to do something different. If you want to make a difference, you're going to have to do something different. So what is it that we think Serving helps us understand. So much so that we want our kids to to do it. So much so that Jesus wanted his disciples to do it. So much so that God wants us as followers to do it. I believe it's this. It's being self-focused is not self-fulfilling. In other words, when it's all about you, there really aren't any rewards to reap. There aren't, there aren't any pluses to that when, when it's all about you. Of course, we think to ourselves, I'm not self-focused. It's not all about me. 
It's not that I don't care about people or that I don't want to serve. I just have some, I have some real reasons why it just isn't working out for me. I have some real reasons. But ever notice that other people have excuses, but you have reasons? So what are they? What are these reasons? I'm going to share some with you. You didn't think I was going to let you off the hook that easy, right? Number one, I'm too busy, pastor. First off, I believe you. I do. I believe that you're busy. We're all busy. It may surprise you to know that the people that serve the most here are also really busy. Here's a key question, though. Busy doing what? Is it that you don't have time or that you're busy using your time differently in unwise ways? I'm not saying all of your busyness is meaningless, but chances are some of it probably is. This is where you start to put your head down, start looking at me weird. Things like Netflix, social media, worrying about things you cannot control, investing in relationships, going nowhere. I'm busy, pastor, watching Netflix. I'm busy, pastor, on social media. I'm busy, pastor, worrying about things I can't control. I'm busy investing in relationships, going absolutely nowhere. The question is, when your head tilt uh, hits the pillow at night, right, can you say you exhausted yourself in doing things that actually matter, or are you just exhausted? Something to think about. If you did less of what doesn't matter, might you have more time to serve? Also, most of the serving opportunities here at church literally consist of less than an hour a week. Especially if you serve here on Sundays. Think about that. Excuse number two. I'm not really interested in the things they need help with. That's a good one. Again, that might be true. Although that excuse doesn't fly at home with my wife. I'm not really interested in doing the dishes, babe. I'm not really interested in in vacuuming or doing the laundry. What does interest have to do with it? Just because it's your responsibility doesn't mean it has to be your hobby. Being a family member means we all put together, pull together to do what needs to be done. And sometimes that means doing things that aren't your passion. Nobody's saying that you're going to be a professional laundry person. Right? Nobody's saying. Listen, I, 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 I do the laundry miles every Monday. I do the laundry. And there's a unique way I do laundry. I don't want to hear it from none of them about why their laundry's that way. <laughs> it's not my passion, but it is my responsibility. And every week they go to school and work with clean clothes. <laughs> you don't need to be passionate about the task. You're passionate about your family. 
Now, every guy was not amening on that one. <laughs> but it's the truth. Number three, I've never been personally asked by the pastor. Ooh, that day stops today. That day stops today. Interesting, that's usually only an excuse when it comes to things that feel like work. No one has to personally beg us to enjoy the rewards of a place. We never say, well, no one asked me to personally eat that donut, oh. Right? Or no one asked me to personally check my kids upstairs. Right? I need an hour break from them. Church, taking personal ownership of something isn't waiting to be asked to help. It's asking where can you help. Excuse number four, I'm too burned out. I'm too burned out. I would never use the above excuses. I have served and they take advantage of me. I ended up doing too much because other people didn't do enough. And that's valid. I get it. People have quick kids programs because nobody wants to do it. That person hasn't, doesn't even know who the pastor is. Although burned out doesn't come from doing a lot, it comes from doing the wrong things or doing them for the wrong reasons. So we need to check our hearts and find out if we're doing the wrong things or are we doing the wrong, doing the things that we're called to do with the wrong heart. We get burned out when we take on things we shouldn't have or do them to impress others or receive a pat on the back. The solution isn't to quit serving, but to place boundaries around your serving. And the last excuse I have for you is, I don't know enough people yet. I don't know enough people yet. I'm waiting until I I have more friends to get involved. Although ironically, the best way to meet and build those relationships is to get involved. I'm just saying, the more time you spend doing something meaningful alongside someone else, the more likely you are to be friends with them. Here's the thing, you'll only ever feel... Um, as connected as you are involved. Some of us are just in and out, in and out, and you feel like, oh yeah, it's just a Sunday thing, but incredible things are happening. And what's crazy is, to a certain extent, you don't even buy your own excuses, church. Because there's, there's a part of you that intuitively knows you were designed to invest in something meaningful, much bigger than yourself. And there's a part of you that will never be truly satisfied, never be truly fulfilled unless that is happening. This is why Jesus said in John 4.32, I have a kind of food you know nothing about. I have a kind of food you know nothing about. You've experienced this before. Ever served people in a moment that was inconvenient and energy draining, but still walked away thinking, I feel so much better? I remember in ministry, Rick came up with this 
There's a little, little catchy slogan that says the ministry is inconvenient. And I thought of her, I was like, how dare you say that? <laughs> but the more I've been in ministry, the more I realize that is so. Ministry can be inconvenient. It's going to require you to self-sacrifice for the benefit of someone else. And then I remember back that somebody sacrificed for the benefit of me. I might have gotten more out of that than they did. Acts 20 verse 35 says, And I have been a constant example of how you can help those in need by working hard. You should remember the words of the Lord Jesus. It is more blessed to give than to receive. This is something that has to be experienced to be understood because your selfish nature will let you, will tell you that, that, that this is not true. Your selfishness will say, no, that's not, that's not how it should be done. That's not how it should be. But you have to overrule this part of yourself with experiences that prove it wrong. And there are opportunities to wage war against our self-absorption every week. We just don't seize those moments. And we are worse off because of it. So let me wrap this up here. We'll wrap this up here. If you want to get the most out of life and church, and you've been coming for a while, and you've been trying to figure this out, and you want to get the most out of life and church, you're going to have to switch your mentality from being a house guest to being a part of the family. Being part of the family from member to owner. From member to owner. If you've been through our Discover classes, right, we, that happens every month. We have a Discover class happening, and in two weeks we're going to have another class here. But if you've been through our, uh, to our Discover class, you've heard us talk about this distinction. We at Southfields don't do membership. You're not going to get a piece of paper here that says you are part of this incredible church. You see, the moment you roll up your sleeves and say, Pastor, what can I do? It's the moment you have taken the step from being a member to an owner. We don't do membership here. We encourage ownership. We encourage you to to be a part of something great, something bigger than yourself. Because members focus on their rights and owners take responsibility. We don't pass the puck to someone else to do. We told the line and say, I'm here. What can I do? How can I serve? What can I give? I have talents and abilities. How best can they be utilized? I'm not going to wait for so-and-so to raise their hand because I'm waiting on them. Maybe they have it. No, I want to serve. I want to give. I want to be a part of. When you own something, you treat it differently from renting to owning, right? When you are a renter of an apartment, you're like, you take care of your apartment. I'm not saying you don't take care of it. 
But that hole you kicked in the door, oh, somebody's going to fix that. <laughs> the markers on the wall, oh, they'll repaint that over one day when I leave. But when you are a owner, nobody's coming to fix that door. Nobody's going to come paint that wall. The owner has to take responsibility. You take care of that. The grass on the outside of your own, who cares? That's, that's some, somebody's going to fix that. But when you are an owner, you're like, oh, I better figure out how to get a green thumb. Because I got to water that. I got to see that. I got to cut that. I got to fix that. God created the church to be a lighthouse to the community. Yet so many ministries never get off of the ground or or fully reach their potential because so many people are not in the game. So many people rather be in the stands and watch instead of being on the field and doing. There are loads of existing areas where you can serve and be an intricate part, a big part of what we're doing here at Southfields. And even more ideas that, that haven't been invented yet because we're waiting for you to come out and say, Pastor, I'm ready. Put me in. I'm ready to do. I'm ready to work. I'm ready to serve. Friends, your church needs you. And you need your church. So what do I do practically? So what, what, what's my next step from here? Simple. Sign up and show up to serve. Last week we talked about showing up consistently and engaging fully. Now I'm asking you to sign up and then show up to serve. Some of us have never signed up. You've been coming for a while and you have never signed up. Others of us have signed up several times but never shown up. (laughs) Just calling them how I see it. We don't return the pastor's phone calls. We haven't made it a priority. We haven't been reliable. Church, I need you to decide today that you're going to change all that. You're going to change all that because doing so will make our church better. Doing so will make the impact that we have in our community so much better. And I promise you that it will make you better. Your relationship with Jesus will grow leaps and bounds when you begin to put the heart of servanthood at the forefront. Scripture says that if we live our lives to the full, God will say to us, well done. Well done, good and faithful servant. That's a powerful statement to mull over because what it says is that, that because of what it says and what it doesn't says, it doesn't say, he doesn't say, well done, laying down low. Well done, hiding right well done conserving energy well done never putting your name on a line right well done never stretching your capacity well done keeping your gifts to yourself 
He also refers to us as servants, meaning one who helps God do what God is doing. And God wants everyone to experience this kind of love, this kind of acceptance, the acceptance of the people, the stories that you heard here just a little while ago. I didn't pay them. Promise, well, maybe, but I didn't pay all of them. God promises forgiveness. He promises direction. He promises a connectedness to him, a purpose. And the truth is, we can serve more when more of us are serving. We can accomplish more when more of us are in it. We can do greater things when more of us are putting our time, our talents, and our resources in it. I said it this morning in the team huddle. Monica and I are blessed to have incredible people that serve here every given Sunday at South Hills. But there's more to do, more to serve. If you're a parent, you should know that your kids are watching you. Your kids are watching you. And none of us want our kids to be entitled brats. But they're not going to do what we say. They're going to do what we do. That's the way it is. Why would your kids treat your house any different than the way you treat God's house? Again, if you're visiting us for the first time, <laughs> you're started this journey with Jesus. This has nothing to do with you. Right, right now, right now. Got nothing to do with you. I'm talking about the people that have been coming to South Hills, calling this place home. Remember the beginning of this series is, I've been doing this for a season now and I, I don't see any difference. I don't see any change. And this series is about quitting Quit doing church the way you've been doing and getting those same results. How about we do something different now so that you can see the growth, so that you can see the fruit, so you can see God doing incredible things, not only in your life, in the lives of those that do church with you and those within our community. Quit doing church the way you've been doing it. It's time to do something different. Insanity is doing the same thing over and over and over again, expecting the same results. I don't know about you, but I don't want the same results. I want to see God do incredible things in this house. I want to see God do incredible things in your life. I want to brag on God over and over and over how he's transforming your life. What's he doing in our church, in our community? The difference that we're making. But I cannot do that on my own. No more excuses, church. Let's link hearts. Let's link hands. 
Let's put our gifts and our talents together. And let's impact the kingdom of God. Amen.